Geek Shock. Geek Shock. We're like, finally it. watching Battlestar. Okay. Dude, yeah. I knew they got the TV, but I didn't know about the Blu-ray player. And when he told me about it, I was like, dude, you should totally take Battlestar. Already goes packed. Like, I was already like, packed. I'm, Fine. Well, it it wasn't packed when I suggested it, though. So no, it wasn't. New, but I'd already the planned it. The old series? Uh, the, the old series. series. No, the, the old new series. No, I packed the old yeah. series. I can't do, I can't right do the old new series without seeing the old series. It doesn't make sense. It's right over there. Right Please tell there. me you're kidding. I'm kidding. Of course I'm kidding. Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock number 107. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. I am Dr. Vlog. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Just Michael. And strangely quiet in here, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. It's because the famous oh. Paul is down with the case of the nerd flu. He does. The case of the pussy. Yeah. <laughs> it's the funny. We all go flu. to Comic-Con. We all manage to come back unscathed. Rather, Well, rather unscathed. <laughs> three, th- th- yeah, I'm three, out of the, uh, three out of the four of us. But uh, I but recovered. The I one, got over it. Yeah, but the <laughs> one person who didn't go with us to con is down with the flu. He's a wuss. <laughs> the nerd flu so, is evil. So this is your chance. Throw out, throw out what you need to say, and it won't be. It won't nothing will go over. No bad joke. Nothing. This is your chance to shine, gentlemen. Oh well, okay then. I mean, as soon as it comes to me, I'll I'll say it without being interrupted by bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> well, so right. I guess that means it's back to you, Commander K, for the uh, dickass fart jokes. Ah, right. Like when when Paul was gone. Yes. Yes. That yeah. That was we your could duty. have an intellectual podcast. Wouldn't we that could. Nice? That, that's that's true. We could. could and we? I think our listeners would probably turn it off. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Both. That's no, not, not true. I would enjoy it though. I, I'd probably actually listen for once. No. Okay. No. <laughs> you would find that <laughs> on your own show. All right. What geeky thing you do with this, guys? What what'd you do? You what know did you what I do on? every week? I play D and D. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what I didn't do this week? I didn't make a whole bunch of crazy sets. I didn't make a bunch of terrain for everybody. I just used what I had. I would say, oh, you went old school, except what? using fourth edition rules. So there's yeah, nothing yeah. All about it. Yeah. <laughs> and Deb was very vocal about that thing that Chris Perkins said. <laughs> but uh, she was there when we were recording it. Yeah, but uh, but she that, probably that didn't, didn't hear it. That didn't fly. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not letting her cheat. <laughs> yeah, I, I said I, I saw on video that he sanctioned your cheating, Dev, and she's like, "That's right." <laughs> Barry was like, no, "No, he didn't sanction her." That's where Barry goes. He said he would do yeah. it if it was his girlfriend, not me. You never said it was okay for you to do it. <laughs> no, I uh, actually did something uh, interesting, something I watched, um, which I'm not going to be bringing to the video show because I don't really like it. Okay, so but, here's here's your chance to ban it. Chance. But this is interesting. Okay. Uh, it's going to be premiering on uh, August 8th, I think it is, All right. on HBO. Oh, this is that uh, superheroes superheroes documentary? Lo- real superheroes documentary. Oh, brother. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It's just not right. I mean, I, it, well, is it interesting, entertaining? It's interesting, I guess, if you like <laughs> watching a train wreck that keeps happening. This one guy, his name is Master Legend. That's his name. His How name, do you put his, Master and Legend? His name the could same use words. Master Torgo is so much better. It's, it's not really. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay, Rob used to have a City of Heroes character named Captain Admiral. 
<laughs> That's what it's like. Master legend. What the hell does that even mean? And he's like, I'm protecting the street to Orlando. That's what I do. I talk like this. And I dress crazy and I hit on chicks. But one thing the superhero needs as he's going about his business is a nice icy cold beer. And he eats... Mm, that's a delicious beer, and it's like a Schlitz or something. Right out of Stan Lee's book. Yeah, oh, it seems like real winners. These people. This one guy, he's, just, he's got these crazy eyes painted on these on these ski goggles, all right. and he's got like a yellow cape with all this green shit all over him, and, and he, he's fat. He's real fat, and he can't he can't even like do any kung fu or anything. He's a superhero to nobody. Did he, did he go? My eyes, the goggles, they do nothing. No, it works. He says, you know, I think what makes people a superhero is their, is, is, you know, their... Ability to dress ability up? To, no, their willingness to do something. No, that's not what makes a superhero, asshole. Fucking shooting fire out of your eyes makes you a superhero. Flying and lifting cars over your head. Not being fat. That's your superpower. <laughs> The blob. It's like, you get three superheroes in a room. Flash, what can you do? I can run really fast. Aquaman, what can you do? I can breathe underwater and talk to underwater animals. Mr. Extreme, that was his name. What do you do? (laughs) I'm fat all over the place. I'm extreme. When I sit around the house, I sit around the house. I live in a van. Not down by the river. Not down by the river? In San Diego. I get the 64-ounce Mountain Dew. Yeah, so... (laughs) Wow. It was amusing if you like laughing at people like I do. Well, um, I imagine that's kind of why this documentary was made. I can't be there to prop this up. Yeah, but there's at some point they do go down that angle of you know these are people who are helping the community, trying to in their own in their own special way. Okay, okay what, what what's Mister Extreme's special way of helping people? Stands in a corner and looks out for crime. Community and, and, watch. Okay, so he community, community watch in so, capes. So he calls the police when he sees something? Is that yeah, what he does? that's pretty much what they all do. All right. But at that point, it doesn't become interesting. It's just sad. It's just sad. <laughs> I, I can't really argue with it's that. It's just really sad. So you're saying it's sort of like a 21st century watchman? No. <laughs> Community watchman, maybe. <laughs> You're, they're making me miss the Guardian Angels. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, don't see it. I'm still gonna see it though. You can't, yeah, I you know. can't stop this. Well, yeah. just Michael and I were talking earlier about something geeky he did this week. What did you, you do? Are we talking about the, the Thundercats? Thundercats, thing? yeah. Since Paul's not here, I guess I can talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched the uh, new Thundercats premiere on Cartoon Network. Oh, that's oh right. how hearing, was it? I'm hearing good things. It was. It was good. It was. Eh? 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 I'm an adult. Eh? It's 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 more. It seems like it's more aimed for like. Teenagers. teenagers. Uh, duh. But, you know, it, it has continuity in their stories. And that's yeah. one thing that, like, in the 80s, when I go back and I watch these shows that I loved so much as a kid, mm-hmm. I'm so irritated with. It's the same freaking show over and over again. I'm like, how did I like this? You know, Mumrod does the same thing every time. Yeah. It's, it, it's all the, and, and they beat him every time. How can they beat him every time and yet he's still coming back? That's, that's, just that's just how the guy out of that. Yeah, that's how all the all the yeah. 80s villains. I know, like, their, their ability to learn is broken. I, I know, yeah. like, like yeah. well, it, the the heroes have the same problem. The the bad guys are doing the same Nobody thing, and they're learns. still running into the same damn problems. How are we going to beat them this time? Well, try doing the same thing you did last time. 
Wow, what what horrible lesson to teach our children? Right. Yeah. So this one Keep has a little continuity, thing. though. There, it seems like there's continuity. I only saw, I only saw the premiere, and it's you know it's, it's yeah. Oh, out, there was so. continuity in the first episode. In the first episode, there was kind of the oh, thing great. is like <laughs> oh the thing is quite a review, the sir. Thing is, <laughs> there's a stamp of approval from just Mike, folks. The first episode doesn't repeat itself. <laughs> the thing is, gold it sets up it sets up for continuity. It kind of so. broke my brain a little. <laughs> it sets up for continuity. You know uh, what? Star Wars. Set up for continuity. And you know what it did? It repeated itself in uh, Return of the Jedi. But A New Hope and Empire is a wonderful. New yeah. Hope. And, you, and you can't... A New Hope was great. Kids. You know what? Jedi wouldn't have been terrible if it weren't for the, the original Ewoks. Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Ewoks the first Star Wars movie. Yeah, what about a it? New Two out of six is bad. Look at it this way. Okay, I can't hate on Return either though, because like Return was uh, Return was good except for the Ewoks, you know, and 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 that was that was tolerable. Uh, The plot was fine, you know. You've got. But seriously, how else were you going to wrap it up? I mean, how else were you going to have you know Luke becoming a full-on Jedi, having to defeat his father and the Emperor? You know, how else was it going to end? Yeah, teddy bears. I, I don't there know. There you go. I don't the, know. The, the teddy bears aside, the Ewoks aside, how I'm else were you going to end that? Teddy bears, and they're just beating the Death Star again. There, there, was, ah, there were man. two ways that series could have ended. He <laughs> kills his father, kills the Emperor, turns to the dark side, and everything from the first two episodes was all for naught. Or, he saves his father, his father does away with the Empire, the Emperor, rather, and he is not what his father was. Okay, we're saying the same and thing. And becomes the, the, you know... The That's savior. not the point. We're the one the that brings thing. balance to the That's force. The <laughs> I agree with everything you're saying, but yes. that isn't the point. The point is, they got there in the same car. Again. You know, yeah. Same destination. Yeah, that was one of the, uh, Gary Kurtz said that that was one of the uh, breaking points for him. Was uh, the Death Star? Again? Again Didn't we yeah. do this two movies ago? Yeah. It's really? like if someone George? redid Spider-Man just a few years after Spider-Man. Oh, wait, they're doing <laughs> they're that. They're doing that. Yeah, there you go. But you know what? I saw the preview. I kind of liked what I saw. I, I, did, yeah. I did like uh, the preview. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be a good Spider-Man movie, but it's not and, and, far and, enough away from the original release. It's, it's been under 10 years, hasn't it? What, the original release? The one in the 70s? No, no the, shit. <laughs> the one with Tobey Maguire. <laughs> oh, I already forgot about wasn't that. Like, yeah. Wasn't that like seven did. years we, ago? It's, it's, yeah. Seven years later, they're already redoing it. It is awfully close it. for a reboot, I have to admit. Only one close? series really gets carte blanche to do that because it was screwed up royally, and that's Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, you know, Nolan... True, they did kind of screw it up in, Super- in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was a musical. And a poor one. Yeah. I like musicals. And and was I was going to say, and, and it even got the Torgo did. seal of yeah. disapproval. It's no turn off the dark? No. Turn, turn oh, God. Speaking <laughs> of, turn off the did anybody catch that uh, performance of David Letterman of Turn Off the Dark at all? No. no. He made me oh. watch it. It oh, was awful. My word. It was awful. They, they do the Freaks song, which is part of the uh, the montage if you go on to the, see the official trailer. But the uh, in the middle of it, he introduces the Sinister Six, and out come these just over-the-top Walt Disney on ice costumes for these characters. It's you know, I really don't even want to describe it. Just go check it out. It's out there. Let's just the put wild. it this way. You remember how the last two Batman films before Chris Nolan took over, he wanted to make it a quote-unquote living comic book oh, and no. the characters are over-the-top? 
picture that only even more extreme, no. like they yeah. were live action comic books. The best mm-hmm. I can say is, is it is Spider Man on ice kind of shit. Oh God! Yeah. Like inflatable people costume oh, stuff. Geez. And this was a promotional oh, thing that they did. <laughs> it was a something. Yeah, was... I don't know if I'd call it promotional. Well, wasn't Letterman make, making fun of it? Or no, something? no, no. It was, it was almost no, it as was, if he were introducing the band of of that that they invited. That, to Letterman's and, credit, and here is Nirvana. You know, that's yeah. that's kind of to of his loud. credit. Letterman maintained a straight face throughout the whole thing when it clearly could have become a joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, it clearly could have become a bit. <laughs> what do you mean why, become? Why, it was its own. Why, joke. It was why, its, is, yeah. why is that to his credit? He should have taken it. Conan would have taken well, it. Well, is it? Yeah, true, but you know. Conan's also O'Brien, funny. not the Barbarian. No. Yeah. But Conan's yeah, that, also funny. Whereas... That, that show's still going. <laughs> that show's still selling out. There it's probably because people want to see the train wreck that is that show. Nothing sells like irony. But listen, it doesn't matter if it's a train wreck or otherwise. If it ends up making its money back and making a profit, it's going to be labeled a success. When they but you do know the Punisher the musical, I'm down. Oh, as far yeah. as the new movie is concerned, this new Spider-Man movie is concerned, yeah. I only have two words for you that is going to make me go see that movie. Free Emma tickets? Stone. Oh, Emma Stone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those God, are fine words. Those damn, are good words. she's hot. I saw Free Cowboys and Aliens. Oh, hey, wow. how was it? You think of that? You I think? actually enjoyed it. It's really funny. Um, I was kind of like, ah, what the hell is Harrison Ford doing in the trailer? When I saw the trailer, because okay. he looked like he was kind of overacting the bad guy thing, but they actually gave the character the character had uh, was a little three dimensional, and uh, it wasn't a straight off villainous cowboy, you know, bad rancher dude thing. So okay. it was actually actually uh, one of his better performances in a while. In did, fact, did he mumble his way through it? No, that's good to hear. He kind of sneered his way through it. Now, now let so. me ask you, Curtis, since you, since you have seen it. I, I have not seen it yet, but it's getting really poor reviews. And most of, the, most of what I'm gathering from the reviews are that they just said that it's, it's kind of boring and there's no plot. Now, would you say that is an unfair assessment? I, I, there's a plot. I mean, it's really basic. You, sh- you, you pretty much see it in the trailers. It, the aliens are swooping down and scarfing up people. Are you sure you didn't read the Jonah Hex review? Because that oh, looks like Jonah Hex. Oh, yeah. oh damn. Because um, I like John Favreau, and I think he's, a, he's an excellent director. And one I, thing I, they, I plan on seeing the movie anyway. One thing they did was they set up, they spent a lot of time setting up the Western okay. before the aliens appear. And oh, that, nice. that's actually very, very interesting. It, it, I damn near was almost like, geez, I wish the aliens hadn't appeared. I'd have just liked to have watched uh, um, the, the Daniel Craig and Harrison Ford, you know, go at it with six shooters for, for an hour and a half. Is it like mm-hmm. Dusk huh. Till Dawn where halfway through the movie, the movie there changes. was a crime drama where they roll the dice and go, hey, let's throw some vampires in? Uh, not quite, not quite. Because okay. it's, it, you, know, you know, that wrist thing you see in the trailers, yeah. The yeah. Mo- he starts with that. He starts with that. Okay. So, so that's already there. Okay. Yeah. But you are, I will say this, you are the second person I've talked to today that enjoyed that film. I, you know, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting I'm, tired I'm of gonna the naysayers it. because it's like, what are you people hating? I'm yeah. just not understanding it anymore. Yeah, you know, it's the summer movie series summer movies really expecting Sartre Camus I know you you have to kind of turn your brain off a little bit yeah really a lot 
You get the smart movie. I wasn't ball. expecting much more than Just you know that, I'm gonna, a fun little western with aliens. In I want to <laughs> produce a, two blockbuster action movies called Sartre and Camus. Just to fuck yeah. with that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you expecting, sir? Oh. <laughs> Did you see a trailer for Battleship while you were there? Yes. Okay. Battleship. All right. Oh, yes. It. I saw. I saw it's, that on the. the have Yahoo. you guys seen it? I have seen uh-huh. the trailer. For I have not seen it. No. Yeah. It has no right looking that good. <laughs> No looks, right. That's exactly it. It looks no. too good. How do they make a movie out of Battleship? I still don't get it. They it's don't. It's not about... They it, don't. They made a alien attacks movie. Yes. They made an alien attacks movie and then just said, well, we have this Milton Bradley license. Let's... Uh, we use the word Battleship. Yeah, we paid for it. We might as well use it. So, so this one could have easily have been Space Invaders. <laughs> oh, yeah. The only yeah. way I can Missile think of Command this working even, perhaps, right? is if you have the Americans versus, I don't know, the Chinese, say, and each of... each. Side for some reason has only five ships in their navy, <laughs> and there's these two alien races controlling them through. That's where the shield bubble comes in. Yeah, man. and they can't see through it. I, I think... but it's not like it's unprecedented though. I mean, how many times has Hollywood taken a script off the shelf, dusted it off, and said, "What property t- names do we own?" Oh, hey, let's slap this title on mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. I'm just glad they didn't all the actually time. slap the title "Rock'em Sock'em Robots" onto uh, Real Steel. Real Steel. I wish Real they did. That either way, I'm seeing that movie. Yep. Oh yeah, that'll be fun. That's fun. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em Robots. Kick them in the nets. What's <laughs> in the news, yeah. man? Now you know. Before we do some news, it got to be news you don't give a shit about. Oh Yay. boy. Now, this week's news is actually some carryover from last week, combined with this week's news. Okay. So, some of you might have heard some of this before. Maybe. But not here. According to Chinese newspaper Sangjiang City News, a young Chinese couple, Li Lin and Li Wan, sold their three children to fund their habit playing online games at internet cafes. Oh, my God. The couple met at an internet cafe in 2007 and supposedly bonded over their love of online gaming. One year later, the couple, both under the age of 21, had a son. Reportedly, days after his birth, they left him home alone and traveled 30 kilometers to an internet cafe for a bout of online gaming. One year after their first son, the couple had a baby girl, which is when they developed the idea to sell her for money in order to fund their online gaming habit. (laughs) They sold her for around $500, which they reportedly quickly spent, Seeing as how they were able to sell their daughter, they then sold their first child for around $4,600. They went on to have a third child and sold him for the same price, around $4,600. The couple was turned into the authorities when uh, Lee Lin's mother found out what they were doing. Uh, when asked if they missed their children, the couple answered, quote, We don't want to raise them, we just want to sell them for some money, unquote. <laughs> Reportedly, they didn't realize that selling their children was illegal. Why is that illegal? <laughs> you sell puppies. People sell puppies all the wow. time. We have stores where people sell puppies and kittens and things. Why wow. But Maybe I can't have Jolie one. Maybe I'll just buy kids. one. What's that? Is Angelina Jolie happy with the we kids? We can only hope. Have we, yeah. <laughs> well, she got the first one for a song, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, it's really... They could, do the, they could have done the whole adoption thing, right? I mean, aren't there people who pay tens of thousands of yeah. dollars for... I, I, I would yeah. like to assume that that's the route this went. It, for it's anything, probably what any, happened. Anything else is a darker assumption. <laughs> oh, that I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. even want to explore. <clears throat> Into the sex slave industry. Do they sell them to chefs? Would they... <laughs> <laughs> Why do I always go there? They sold them to Sega for game testing, the worst 
thing you could do. To the Modest Proposal <laughs> Diner. <laughs> the Yars Revenge Development Staff. Oh! <laughs> They'd have to them a few, for a, few, a few hours first. Why didn't they just teach them how to, how to mine and then just... Uh... You know, have them have them mining for resources. Yeah, while they're at work. While they're at work, <laughs> I'm not a dwarf. That's how gold farmers <laughs> My get. My child has been sold. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what is cyber? I don't understand. Tonight, the part of Paul Mattingly will be played by Commander K. <laughs> uh, Bruce Campbell has agreed to a to film a cameo in the Evil Dead remake. Uh, this really? is coupled with the news that the remake will have different characters and a different story. So how is it a remake? Uh-huh. So far, it is <laughs> unclear if Sam Raimi will even be involved in any capacity. Oh, man. <laughs> different director. I do care about Different stars. This. Different plot. Different it's a different movie, man. What the especially especially The Evil me. Dead, where Raimi and Campbell's imprint on it is so distinct. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's uh, Sigh. That's going to be a... Well, can, you, can you imagine a Raimi-less, Ashless Evil Dead film? Oh my gosh. Then it won't be the Evil Dead. Only, only I, mean, I guess maybe you have an Ash Jr. or something? No, well, yeah, I figured I they're know. using it, obviously, to, to get the name so that people, yeah. fans of Evil Dead will go see it. What were you that saying about five minutes ago? It, I don't remember. <laughs> Dusting off a script and slapping a license on it? Uh, yeah. yeah. But the problem is... But Never doesn't Raymond own mind. the license, though? <laughs> doesn't he own the Evil Dead license? I don't believe he does, actually. You don't think he does? Uh-uh. Hmm. People are going to see that and be very disappointed because they're going to be But remember, it to the and rightfully so. a few weeks back in, uh, in Campbell's blog, he called it a sequel. Uh, yeah, initially he did, and but apparently he was actually referring to the reboot, which has he has yeah. uh, given his, Campbell's given his full agreement to make his little cameo appearance. Whatever, uh, he needs some money. He does. Not really. He's on He's burn on notice. notice. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't need the money. It's like the thirteenth. Does he have a submarine? No. <laughs> <laughs> he needs the money. Bing bang, ping pong. What's up? I'm running out of ink in my printer, and so reading this is hard. Cartoon Network announced that it would develop a film based on the early 90s cartoon Captain Planet and the Planeteer. No! no. A live-action film, right? Yes, the movie will be produced produced by Don Murphy and Susan Montford. The Earth Cries. Who were the producers of Transformers. So they have some experience turning the cartoons into franchises. (laughs) A blue guy with a green mullet. Awesome. Uh, If you're not familiar, Captain Planet centers on five kids from across the world who are given superpowers to fight environmental disasters. No cast or filmmakers have been brought on board yet. That that was quite possibly one of the hardest cartoons to ever watch. I agree. I, I, I switched it off. Like if it was just on, and just the TV was on for background noise, and that would come on, I would physically get up to turn the TV off if I couldn't find the remote. Terrible. That was how bad that show was Terrible before the show. sleep set in. <laughs> I mean, and I appreciate the message and everything. You know, yeah. eco-friendly yeah. superhero, great, save the Earth. Man, the show is shit. It is. It's sad because like all the people involved were, you know, people that you would want involved in a cartoon. You know, voicing the characters. And it was just an awful cartoon. Awful. Not too awful to make a movie out of. All right. That's because it's probably a cheap license to get. (laughs) Can we make a movie out of your Captain Planet? Please, we need the money. (laughs) Uh, Sure. $10. 
News you don't give a shit about. Archie Comics is doing an Archie meets Kiss, written by Alex Aguera, and that's it for shit news. Dude, that that's all you need right yeah, there. That's all. It's just that one sentence. How many Kiss meets comics are there out there? Not there's, enough. There's gotta be. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> I want to see Kiss meets Pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> Who would be the bigger demon? Uh, Kiss meets license contract. Kiss meets the creepy guy down the street. Kiss meets. Kiss meets Barry Rob. Oh God, no! <laughs> Kiss meets the real superheroes. Kiss meets the Jersey Shore. Now that Kiss meets yes. the Ugly Couch oh, Show. <laughs> By the way, the Ugly Couch Show movie options are, are available if anyone wants you know. For a nominal fee. Yeah. Nominal fee. Cheaper than Captain Planet. Pretty damn cheap. <laughs> and that can only bring us to Weekend Geek. But Soupy Sales has to play Master Corgan. Yes, he does. I is concur. He dead? I think he's even better. <laughs> well, we can't get Charles Nelson Riley to play Barry Robb, so. Oh, <laughs> no, you kids. <laughs> the organizers of a Texas land party. To celebrate the release of Battlefield 3, felt that uh, rather than expose female attendants to any misogynistic behavior on the part of the male attendees and risk an uncomfortable situation, they just wouldn't invite any females attendees at all. Not wow. j- oh boy. Not just not invite them, but going uh, on the original wording, basically ban them from coming. Why? There's a lawsuit they waiting to happen. They didn't want to As you can imagine, the reaction to this was, to say the least, negative. According to Kotaku, the original, they a offended by it? Uh, the original text came from a, a fact page for the event and reads as follows. Nothing ruins a good land party like the uncomfortable guests or lots of tension, both of which can result from mixing immature, misogynistic male gamers with female counterparts. Though we've done our best to avoid these situations in years past, we've certainly had our share of problems. As a result, we are no longer allowing women to attend this event. Uh, Kotaku points out that if male gamers can't control their behavior, then the uh, party organizers should punish only those who are causing trouble. What behavior? And you know what? Some of those girl gamers can truly kick ass. Because I was what at what behavior? Uh, I, I I don't know. I think they're onto something, Barry. I think you should ban women gamers from our games. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dicks drawn on the vinyl mats and stuff. It, that's just making what, me uncomfortable and uh, yelling at the D- Yeah, you know, I think maybe I ought to ban <laughs> women from our games. Because you know, when I was at uh, Insert Coins for my birthday, the, there were some girls there playing against guys on like Xbox and PlayStation Three. And they were kicking their asses. It was pretty fun to but watch. I want to know what behavior it was. I want to know what this behavior. What, were the men like going up and drooling on the women? Or, it's a real live girl. I think it's the same <laughs> behavior you hear over your average Xbox Live oh. headset. Ah, suck it, bitch. Yeah, exactly. That that, that and the. Uh... That's exactly why I don't play online. Ooh, whose dick is up your ass now? <laughs> I think I've heard that. Stupid a few times, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> God, there's some stupid fucking people on Xbox Live. <laughs> The part of Xbox asshole be played by any Jeff. <laughs> yes, I I just anytime I go online now, I just switch off the damn headset. Yeah, Me too, man. Because man, just, or, or, or I don't even plug it in. Experience. It's a better experience. I don't if I want to talk shit, I'll play with my friends online. That's sure. fine. And if, if it's a group, if it's a group game. matching thing that friends of mine and I are playing, we go into the the uh, the private chat room through Xbox Live, and just it's just us, and then we play as our own little team. Because everyone else is an idiot. 
Now, if I'm feeling <laughs> spry one day, sometimes I'll just I'll log in and say the strangest, most cryptic things. <laughs> and some, eventually, someone will catch on, like, what the hell's wrong with that guy? Just go on. I like go. beans! <laughs> now, it also, oh, I thought you were going to go on and say, Wiggly Line Bird! And then it also depends on the game, because you, you don't get a lot of Catan players going, Yeah, suck this, you bitch! <laughs> oh. You don't get that. I'm going to start doing this. That's because <laughs> nobody plays Catan. Catan That's not true, dude. There's a lot of people still playing Catan. It's I just wild. I can't believe people are still playing that game, but they are. I, Wait, you didn't have you. Catan before now? No. I had to teach you him. You had to drag me. I had to teach him. So it was just you and the famous Paul that were always playing? Yeah, just me and Paul. It was just the two of you. I, 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 well, I'm so me. shocked me. that it took I you that long to drag Barry into it. It's yeah. one of the few games I'll actually play with strangers because, well, let's face it, most of them from Europe that play this game. Yeah. So they can't mm-hmm. talk to you anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that or you just well, can't understand what they're saying. They'll talk to you, but I have no saying. idea what they're saying. Yeah. They have to go really. in and say, so, For so all you know, they could be saying, suck it, bitch, in German. Hey, yeah. guy I'm playing with I that I don't know who you are. Gen? Hypothetically, if you did have to hide a body, what would you do? <laughs> just freak people out. That's fun. <laughs> Avoid this player. <laughs> Does anyone know how to clean blood out of a carpet? <laughs> I tried everything. Man, there's so much of it. Let's say hypothetically you were uh, having a game night and hypothetically your girlfriend was cheating. Then hypothetically, how would you hide the body? (laughs) 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 It's awkwardly quiet over from Barry's side of the room now. I'm thinking! (laughs) IDW Publishing announced recently that DC Comics superheroes will be entering the Trek universe. No! Through their what? first ever crossover with Star Trek Legion of Superheroes. What? A six issue monthly beginning in October. Six issue monthly. How is that even going to work? The st- here, I will tell you. The story follows the original crew of the Starship Enterprise as they find themselves beamed onto a planet in an alternate universe. Oh, okay. As the description reads, quote, at the same time, a group of Great Darkness Saga legionnaires inside Ooh. a time sphere find themselves cast in the 23rd century. But it's not the 23rd century as they know it either. Star Trek Legion of Superheroes is a galaxy-spanning adventure that draws both teams together to face a menace that includes Kuns, Klingons, Borg, and other threats that aren't quite as they should be. The egalitarian United Planets in one universe and a United Federation of Planets in another is now the Imperial Planets of Terra, a dark empire focused on war and conquest, and that's just the beginning for this special series. So it's going to go it's going to take place in the Mirror Universe? Not the Mirror Universe. A mirror universe. <laughs> well, it said the Imperial Federation of Planets. Oh, that, dude. Wow, you Don't listened to only the anything. last sentence? <laughs> No, it's I listened to the rest. That's just what stuck Star out. Star Trek. Come on, man. Uh, Greater Darkness Sagan is my favorite iteration of Legion, though. So. You know, I, I love my Star Trek and I love my DC, but I just I can't get behind this one. <clears throat> I well, like my peanut butter. Me. I like my broccoli. I don't like them together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not like peanut butter and chocolate that go great together. Oh, wait. Thai broccoli. Thai peanut butter broccoli. That's good. I don't, I don't like peanut in my food. Well, that's where I disagree. He only likes it as in oil. I like my scotch, I like my mayonnaise, I don't like them together. Just as a suppository. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you do wash down your sandwiches with scotch, so thereby you are combining them. Why are you going to ruin my shit? (laughs) 
I didn't know why you called break that sandwiches. <laughs> hey, Barry, want a sandwich? Okay. Barry also doesn't like cherry coke, so he's also a <laughs> so so moot. I like my cherry. I like my coke. He doesn't I'm like cherry. Cherry. Yeah. How do you suck the like cherry at all? Through the straw anyway. Oh, that's right. You don't like red. It stag. burns my nose. I offered him some red stag once. He's like, no, nah, I don't like cherry. Good. That's good. Nah, nah, bastard. Keep your cherry shit. Uh, the plans to adapt Stephen King's The Dark Tower into three non-consecutive films and two television miniseries mm. to run in between the releases of said films. Has been abandoned. Oh. Yeah. Although some hiring had already been done, and in the end, Universal couldn't quite wrap its head around such an ambitious proposition. According to Deadline, insiders said that Universal Brass loved the filmmakers and the project, but couldn't make it work in the current budget in the business model. <clears throat> the article also mentions Warner Brothers, which is currently financing two installments of Peter Jackson's The Hobbit as a possible landing place for the project. But yeah, as of right now, not looking good at all. Well, it, it does seem pretty ambitious. It doesn't surprise me, really, because not that, that it doesn't sound like a great project, but Universal is in such dire financial straits right now. I mean, literally, the only things that are making them money are their older properties. Yeah. Like, you know, their, their King Kongs and their... What's losing them money? Uh, their newer films. Such as... With, well, with the exception of the Fast and Furious franchise which makes them bank almost every other film that they have they have produced over the last 5 years has lost the money. Well, let me tell you this. But gentlemen. then again, of course, according to the book that we all know and love, they probably haven't really lost that much money. Well, let me tell you this. Uh you it's a very specific logo that Universal has. You recognize it the going yeah. Universal going around the globe. When is the last time you saw that? Oh. Huh. I can't remember. Yeah. Me neither, and that's Damn freaky. Torgo. Freaky. It sounds like a great the the idea of having the movies with the the integrated uh, series, yeah, kind of following through. I think that's wonderful. I'd love to see that work because there's so many times where I've watched a, a movie that I've loved and been like, I want to see more of it. And then you know you you've got TV shows that are like, oh, these are great, and I want to I want to see a big screen version of it. And then you know, if you have continuity that kind of flows through all of them, it's it's It'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Super ambitious. Wonderfully so. And also, with that Comcast purchase of NBC Universal, I'm sure more of the more ambitious projects like that are probably getting nixed. Yeah. Well, they're, I've got the they're solution. shuffling around staff. <clears throat> I've got a perfect solution. Oh, I've said it before. I'm just going to reword it so you understand it, Universal. Are you listening? Take the properties that are good for you, you know, like Fast and the Furious. And what's another good Universal property? Well, How about King Kong? Back to the Future still makes them money. And Back to the Future. And you combine them. Fast and the Furious versus Back to the Future. <laughs> That'd be funny. That actually almost works. That, 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 Barry, that does almost work. <laughs> right Someone now. Stole the De- back to the Fast and the Furious. stole the yep. DeLorean. Yep. Right yeah. now and forevermore, I hate you. <laughs> it gets Do better. Do you feel the hatred coming from my eyes <laughs> no, right now? No, it gets better. Sci-Fi's been doing this for a while. Why not Purists. Jaws versus King Kong? Oh, there you go, yeah. Right? Huh? You already own the properties, so they're cheap. You do whatever you want with them. Make some versus movies. Make them B movies. Make them drive-in movies. 3D. Dude, Universal owns Sci-Fi Channel. Of course they've already done it. Oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> well, d- well, I want to see these properties. I- I'm okay. Obviously, giant, super crazy shark versus giant octopus. Sharktopus versus uh, mega, whatever. whatever. Mega, whatever. That's not licensed property. 
Backdraft and the Mummy. Can we put those? Together? Thank you. Thank you. We're getting somewhere now. Backdraft versus the Mummy. Yeah. Back to the Fast and Furious. That's where it is. Back to the Fast and Furious. Vin Diesel steals a time machine, goes back in time, kills Paul Walker by accident. Jurassic Park and Waterworld? Come on. You're not thinking, guys. Jurassic Waterworld. Dinosaurs. And Kevin Would that Costner. just be Water Park? I really just want to see Kevin Costner eaten by a dinosaur. Although yeah, apparently they are going to make another Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park 4. Back to the Future and Jurassic Park. E.T. E. versus Bride of Frankenstein. Oh Is my it? God, I'm loving this. Yeah. See versus movies. Do this. You can have it. It's free. Free idea. You can have it. Creative Commons. Wasn't A-Team at one part under Universal? Yeah, and they produced the television series. Yeah. They made an 18. The movie, movie. they licensed it out. Uh, I forget who produced the movie now off the right. top of my head. See? Fine idea, Barry. There you go. Listen, Universal. Listen, it's all, listen. That's all you're going to get out of me for today. The rest of it's just crap jokes. Sorry. <laughs> the rest of it, write him a check. Brendan Small. The mind behind yes. Adult Swim's metal. Metalocalypse, I cannot read. Is preparing the release of Brendan Small's Galacticon later this summer. Uh, he describes it as a high stakes intergalactic extreme rock album that, if executed successfully, should have the feel of an audio comic book. In an interview with Mishmash Magazine, Small says that while the guttural metal sounds that make Death Clock so very metal work for the show on Metalocalypse, the music he'd actually choose would be more to incorporate more melody. The music on Galacticon will include elements of Queen, Foo Fighters, and Smashing Pumpkins. Huh. Okay. So, yeah. Audio comic book from Small coming your way. Cool. He's a talented guy. We saw him perform as Death Clock. I saw him twice. He's yeah. awesome. Uh, Paul Jacob French, a native Australian, has committed himself to walking across his home continent in the name of Charity. Namely, the Starlight Children's Foundation, which aims to make the lives of ill children and their families more manageable and uplifting. Okay. His journey will take him from Perth to Sydney, Australia, a total of 5,000 kilometers or over 3,100 miles. Uh, French, who hails from Melbourne, Victoria, hopes to raise $50,000 by the end of his journey, which will take him across the 850-mile Nurabur Plain which is best known for nearly killing the first Europeans who tried to cross it, as well as its lack of rain and trees. He aims to walk 25 miles per day, five days a week, to reach Sydney by Christmas. From his mission page at Everyday Hero, which you can donate if you wish, over the course of the trek, I will cross four states and cover approximately 5,000 kilometers in modified Stormtrooper armor. Oh, <laughs> waiting for the hook. Love it. Love it. <laughs> the plan is wow. for now to push a lightweight buggy with needed supplies an average distance of 35 to 40 kilometers for five days a week until the trek is complete. Now, why is French doing this dressed as a stormtrooper? Well, French is known to some as TK6283. He is a member of the 501st Legion. Yeah! An all-volunteer organiz organization that seeks to spread the good word about Star Wars and everything it entails. So if you want to help Paul French on his way to either by either donating or just giving him a shout-out, you can visit Everyday Hero and his Facebook page, and he's also setting his progress on Twitter. 
at Trooper Trek. Man, Isn't that's going to be hot. Kill him? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be, gonna be so hot. Isn't that going to kill him? That plane is the longest uh, chunk of limestone known to man. If oh, you're not familiar yeah. with it. There is just nothing there. It, yeah, it truly is. It's I was dying nothing. walking from my hotel to the Comic-Con. Yeah, I, I worked ago. with 501st Perry. guys on a couple of things, and they take off those helmets after about 10 minutes, and they're You're drenched. and sweat. Barry yeah. went, like, the whole day without wearing it, the last time I remember him wearing the armor at Comic-Con. He's like, he, he wore it for, like, a couple of pictures, and he's like, this thing's too fucking hot. I can't do it. <laughs> You Did you like, even make it through the whole day with the armor on? Or? You can get fans in the helmet, but that doesn't prevent like you're wearing a rubber bodysuit, aren't yeah. you? No, it's not rubber. It's a it's like a unitard like, like, type like of thing. Kind of thing. It's a unitard. Oh, that, okay. the, the black undersuit. Yeah, I was thinking uh, it was like they don't uh, really breathe at all. Now the rest of it's just plastic, and it's very light. So it, it, there's not a weight problem at all. It's very very light. The problem is. Well, first the problem is getting it off the pee. That's that's a chore in and of itself. But assuming he's got some, I don't know. Depends on or something. Still suit. <laughs> Pulls it to the side. Pisses off to the side. You know, whatever. That aside, when you that armor can be so tight against you, and it looks best when it's tight against you. You peel that off of you, and you can feel all that sweat. Say, say as much sweat as he'll be doing. I, I imagine peeing is rare. He better bulk up beforehand because he's gonna sweat a lot, a lot. I can't wait to see him do it. Yeah, I look forward to seeing the photos. He's going to lose like 20, 30 pounds. Most likely. I, that's the ultimate diet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Stormtrooper armor. Extreme diet! Australia. No. <laughs> I think I'll just eat the occasional salad. Yeah. Take the stairs. Done. Now yeah, we get Paul a uh, Stormtrooper outfit. Send him across Australia. <laughs> we sent him on the boat for six months. He loses like 50 pounds. And then he comes back and gains it right back. Yeah. Stormtrooper armor is the key. We just need to send him on the boat again. <laughs> uh, Robert Rodriguez had some announcements uh, First up is revealed that he now owns the film rights to Heavy Metal A project <laughs> that David Fincher had long been connected with It seems, however, that Rodriguez is planning on retaining Fincher's concept of the film As a multi-director anthology One Good. that will also include contributions from fans via a website Also, he's planning on getting Sin City 2 off the ground Directing two sequels to Machete uh, one, What? One in which Machete, I shit you not Goes to outer space. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. And he's also working on a remake of Frank Franzetta's Fire and Ice. Yeah, I saw that, dude. Did 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 you read the details? No, I didn't. I Live saw... action Fire and Seriously? Ice. Seriously? Yes, I shit you not. I read about that. He's looking at live action. They showed some of the concept art already for it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's what they want to do. Heavy metal, this time without John Candy. <laughs> no stop. Gods castrate him. Yeah. <laughs> and although uh, Paramount Pictures has still not officially scrapped the release date for the official uh, for the sequel to J.J. Abrams' uh, Star Trek reboot, uh, writers Alex Kurtzman and Bob Orsi more or less confirmed that Trek Two will not be ready for next summer. The screenwriting pair said they don't expect the movie to begin shooting until January 2012. And that rules out a summer 2012 release for sure. And given them out the uh, post-production in these movies need, it even puts a December 2012 launch in question. Hmm. Uh, so, mark it up there with the Superman reboot. Yeah, really. How many years will it have been? When, was, when did Star Trek come out? 2009. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> That's a long time between Star Trek movies. Damn them. 
The cast is going to get old. Those three years between <laughs> each of the uh, Jerry, Star Wars. They'll Jerry. almost be in their 30s. Oh, my God. <laughs> Geriatric by Hollywood standards. No, really. Yeah. They're all already in their 30s, aren't they? Oh, put them out the pasture. Yeah. Regulated to cons from here on in. Cons! <laughs> Not that <laughs> Or maybe... Uh, in the History Repeats Itself column, Marvel is offering an incentive to retailers that involves destroying DC's Flashpoint series. For every 50 copies of any of the Flashpoint number ones the retailers rip the cover from, Marvel will send them a rare variant cover of Fear Itself number six, which can be sold at a higher price. <laughs> <laughs> they did this last year with the, with the big thing, and really? it worked. Did it? Doing that's it again. Awesome. Oh, my God. That's just awful. Marvel, we're being Dick's Comics. Wow. Why not? Wow. A Disney corporation. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King's Bag of Bones is being adapted into a four-hour miniseries for the A&E Network and will be feature a former James Bond as its star. In the film, Pierce Brosnan is set to play a man who is unable to stop grieving for his dead wife. He returns to a lakeside retreat they shared and somehow gets involved in a local custody battle. The whole time he's trying to play hero, he's literally being terrorized by nightmares about his wife. Bag of Bones is scheduled to start shooting next month and expected to air over two nights later this year. That doesn't sound interesting. You know what? Their description isn't, but that is actually one of my top five Stephen King books of all time. And I'm a big King fan. Real subtle stuff, but it's a great ghost story. And this, so it's th- a and this, ghost story. And, and, yes, it's a ghost story, and this Spoiler thing has alert. been not at all. <laughs> read the back. The uh, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. The uh, but this thing has been in development in many hands for at least ten years that oh, I'm okay. aware of. So it's nice that it's finally moving. Uh, lasted, I knew Mick Garris, who handled the Stand uh, TV series, was it was in his hands. But uh, I don't know who's got it now. What you are hearing right now, Barry. I wake up to every day. Now, for those without, who can't hear it, it's Screams of Children in the Pool. Screams of Children in the Pool. It is, the damn pool. It is late evening here in Las Vegas, and there are screaming children. It is 8.30 at our in pool. Las Vegas. What kind of geriatric human being have you become? <laughs> oh, yeah. I need to show late my evening. feet. He's one of the Star Trek show. cast members. And, uh, yeah. Just getting older and older. Not becoming and geriatric. I'm just becoming more sensitive to freaking kids screaming. Same on my lawn! Same on thing. my lawn! You can't get out of the pool! You little bastards. Get off my bridge. Don't, shouldn't you be in bed? But you ever notice that kids screaming, enjoying kids screaming in pain is almost unidentifiable from when he's on? Yes. Yeah. You just listen to it. And just... you, so you would think that Jeff could actually find a way to enjoy this. <laughs> I learned to Just try think to of them it. suffering. Yes. Yeah. That's their cries of pain and outrage. They're Imagine oh, Doug Bradley yeah. down there as, as, as Pinhead. <laughs> tearing their souls <laughs> apart. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that makes it a lot better. We will show you <laughs> such pleasure. There you go, folks. There's a tip from the Ugly Couch Show. <laughs> I was just a screaming baby on the plane, man, back from San Diego. Oh, man. Uh, Deb and I look at gives me, Deb gives me that look that I give her and like oh this ain't happening we gotta change planes or something and uh, too late now, if I'd have known I could picture Doug Bradley or rather Pinhead yeah Doug Bradley torturing killing this little <laughs> child would have been easier we have such sights to show you yeah yeah that yeah, would be good yeah yeah <laughs> alright uh, a Pittsburgh man got caught trying to jack a car and said it was all a part of the script for The Dark Knight Rises, which was filming nearby. <laughs> what? Nice. 
I'm, I'm in the movie. The, the man, a 21-year-old Micah Calamosa, made the mistake of attempting to carjack a plainclothes officer. Uh, oh, the officer, Detective Giacomo, was in the area looking for an assault suspect when uh, Calam- uh, Calamosa jumped in the car and ordered the police officer out. <laughs> Giacomo pulled his gun and turned, ordered uh, Calamosa out, and Calamosa then got very apologetic very quickly and told the officer that taking the car was just part of filming for The Dark Knight Rises and that the script had told him to do it. Uh, the <laughs> officer, not being a complete idiot, didn't buy it. Uh, Calamosa is not is uh, uh, he's in custody uh, facing charges of robbery of a motor vehicle. Wow, that's Ooh. hey, nice <laughs> excuse, man. I like the excuse, unlucky guy. <laughs> that's kind of <laughs> you chose a wrong car. <laughs> what are you, what are you doing to my baby? No, 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 shh, shh, shh. it's in the script. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the script. Just stand over there and watch. You're gonna be in the movie. breathe into this (laughs) the video game history museum needs your help Uh, curators John Hardy Sean Kelly and uh, Joe uh, Joe Santulli also the uh, classic gaming expo organizers uh, posted a kickstarter campaign uh, currently at a $11,000, 735 out of 30,000 to raise money for the maintenance of the archive uh, prizes are given away. They range from T-shirts to lifetime memberships at the museum. Uh, quote, the museum we envision will be all-inclusive, comprehensive, and interactive. The Video Game History Museum mission statement reads, Unlike some of the other efforts we've seen put forth which have a limited focus, our intention is to cover it all. Every game made for every system, every piece of promotional material made for each game. Every revision of every console with specific notes as to the differences, the design progression, etc. Holy Jesus. As it stands today, our collection is well on its way to archiving this goal, but there are holes that can only be filled by making more and more people aware of our archive. With your help, we can accomplish our goal of a physical museum location open to the public within the next eight years. Initially, the funds... Eight? What? (laughs) What? Dude, those things take forever to get put together. Initially, the funds raised through this Kickstarter project will be used to make our collection more mobile and give it a permanent home. <laughs> didn't, uh... Didn't Wait, I that's contradictory. Yeah. <coughs> uh, currently, the bulk a mobile of... home. Yes. They currently, want to buy a mobile home. <laughs> the bulk of our collection is in storage in Las Vegas, where we have ready access to it as it goes on display each year at the Classic Game Expo. Oh. A large portion of it is also stored at our homes in the Midwest and East Coast. With more suitable location in the Silicon Valley area, we would like to finally bring everything together under one roof. Let's put it here in Vegas. So, uh, at the, uh, again, it's the, if you go to Kickstarter and look up a video game history museum, uh, you can donate there if you're interested. Put it in Vegas. It's cheap. Because didn't it take uh, the guy that owns Pinball Hall of Fame Museum, didn't it take him like something like 15 years? Yeah, it to took get... him a long time. It, yeah, it was like a lo- what, really, what really long time. What takes that long a time? You well, find a you're... building, you put things in it. Uh, it th- with all the permits and then the yeah. not-for-profit status, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of bureaucracy you got to go through. In addition to these are really old machines that you probably don't have the money to upkeep, upkeep let alone repair if they're if it's a you know a one of a kind console like know, uh like insert coins had an original 1978 uh space invaders game that was actually working so uh, it, but that was like i sit there looking at that and, and then walking around seeing some of their other games that were just not working yeah. It was just, you know, yeah, I, I talked to the couple of guys and they're just there, like, it's just, it's expensive yeah. to, to 
get people because the, they there's only a few people that specialize in repairing these machines, as you well know, Barry. Yeah, I know. Uh, that, when my uh, Star Wars machine uh, came to me, there was it was bust. There was like a transistor or something busted inside, so I had to call the guy to come out. And luckily, mm-hmm. he was an enthusiast, so he knew what to do. And yeah. you got off actually pretty cheap. I've yeah. heard that yeah. some of these these maintenance visits can take days as well as hundreds to thousands of well, dollars. Well, I'm sure it takes. I'm, I'm not. I'm not questioning the the money because I'm, I'm sure he's going to need a lot more than 30k. That's for sure. But, well, over uh, in the I'm long run, yeah. The time I've never I've never heard that it takes that long. Eight years? That's actually not bad for putting no. the team together. Well, wow. you're, you're talking about gathering enough. Well, hold on. We've seen enough the memorable. Well, we've, we've seen, seen the museum. We assume, assuming they have enough stuff for it. Well, assuming... but no, no, no. We've seen the classic gaming expo, and, and that's not even assuming that all of that stuff that we saw belonged to them. A lot of that, some of that stuff was from private collectors that brought it just to expo. Okay, so you're saying that, that eight gaming years expo. isn't just securing like permits to. Open a museum. It's no. also just collect. Okay, it's, then it's, that makes it's more collecting sense. Collecting as well as, but yeah, already. they they have, they a, have a huge good... amount, especially for the rare stuff that is out yeah. there. But uh, there's more. But yeah, and then also the, right the length of Christ. getting these permits and getting museum status that does people. take a long yeah. time. Well, with the museum status, knowing people isn't a bullshit. It's always who you know. Diablo three. Yeah, <laughs> say goodbye to Torgo. <laughs> And me. Diablo 3 will require an always-on internet connection in order to play the game. What? Yep, it's the Ubisoft mess all over again, except slapped onto a much bigger, more anticipated title, arguably one of the most rabid fan bases in gaming. So, uh, Diablo 3 requires the gamers to be online throughout the entire play session, regardless if the player is actually using any kind of online features within the game. What the fuck? Blizzard cites a bevy of new features for the reason behind the always-on connection, including... You mean Blizzactivision? Including the achievement system and stat tracking, persistent persistent friends list and cross-game chat, persistent characters that are stored server-side along with a persistent party system, PvP and public game matching, dynamic drop-in and drop-out, item stash that gets shared between players' characters, and the thing that's going to end my life as we know it, the auction house. Okay, what is this about? Because I heard a little bit about it, and I'm like, oh my god, are they... The auction house? Well, basically they took the auction house from World of Warcraft and slapped it into Diablo. Okay. Except there is one little extra feature. What's that? Uh... Not only can you auction for in-game money, gold, but real money. I'm down. All right. <laughs> Online all the way. Soul, take me to the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> he told me about this earlier, and I'm like, see ya. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm like, how many people Bye. are going to be professional Diablo players now? Or, or, or if my tech? boss is listening, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your money anymore. I'll make my own. Forget it. Forget it. Until the next time you get fed up with your offline clients that are you know subsidizing your game playing on the side. (laughs) No, this is it. I I found my calling now. (laughs) I'm a professional Diablo player. I haven't been outside my house in five weeks. I'm not a Diablo player. I'm a man in jail. Deb just <laughs> occasionally comes in, smacks you on the back of the head, and walks out. Oh, shut up. She's going to be right there next to me playing that game. I'm not an Amazon. I'm made to sell the armor against my own will. <laughs> <laughs> I work so hard. Please play a lot. 
a round of the neighbor, neighborhood kids and why beat did, them until they Why did my parents me. sell me to this guy? <laughs> In related news, Barry has three new Barry's Diablo players <laughs> yeah. at his house gearing up for Best Diablo Best $1,500 3. I ever spent. Hey, I know how to run a guild. I'm going to form a guild in this game. That's it. Because now we have a goal. Before, in like when I was playing World of Warcraft, our goal was, I don't know, find loot so we can get more loot so we can get more loot. No, more nuts. Now, the goal is cash. You know what? I cash might actually money. join your guild. It's the once. Diablo Pyramid Scheme. Oh, my God. <laughs> we can make this work, guys. Hey, if you get four friends. <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh-huh. If they get four friends, we can get fat loots. <laughs> L3W plus F-A-T-Z, L-U-T-Z. <laughs> Z, yes. Oh, God. That'll be our guild name. Uh. Fat Lutes. <laughs> <laughs> I already have a corporation. Oh, yes, you do. I can write that game off. Oh, my God. That's that's too funny. <laughs> and the fact that I'm going to lose two friends to this thing is is, is Possibly hilarious. More. Yeah. Possibly more, yes. Thank you. You'll just have to join, Jeff. I'll buy you One a copy. of us. Dude, I cannot. I, I am not an MMO us. person. It's not an MMO? It's not an MMO, though. It's well, a, it's I, I a, get that. It's a, it's a cash a... machine, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> you like cash, do you? Because <laughs> I do. Oh, shit. Play harder, damn it. Daddy needs a boat. (laughs) And there's your other reason I won't join. Uh, according to Variety, U.S. District Judge Colleen McMahon has handled, handed Marvel a huge legal victory over the heirs of artist Jack Kirby. Oh, really? Who created or co-created iconic characters like Spidey, the X-Men, and the Avengers of the Hulk. Kirby's family sued to win back ownership of those and many other characters, claiming that a provision of copyright laws allow authors and artists to gain back their rights to their creations after a certain amount of time has gone by. Marvel sued back claiming that Kirby, who died in 1994, created those characters as works for hire and relinquished all ownership rights as a result. The federal judge sided with Marvel, ruling that Kirby's works were all for hire for Marvel and its predecessors. Makes sense. McMahon said that her ruling was, quote, none in her ruling that, quote, none of the evidence makes so much as a dent in the almost irrebutable, uh, irrebuttable position, uh, presumption that Kirby works were works made for hire, unquote. She added that the Kirby family did not offer any evidence that would lead her to believe that the issue should be brought to trial. If the Kirby estate had won, it would have caused massive headaches, not just for Marvel, but for its corporate owner Disney and other studios like 20th Century Fox and Sony that currently have Marvel-based franchises. Kirby estate attorney Mark Toberoff told The Hollywood Reporter that he will appeal the case, saying, quote, We respectfully disagree with the court's ruling. Sometimes you have to lose in order to win. Unquote. That doesn't Oof. make any sense. But, uh, they, they, they never had any hope. They were up against Disney. Come on. Yeah, I'm but, not sure how I feel about that whole thing, though. You think this you're is like, on the right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're hired to, to create a character <laughs> and, and you do, then, you know, I suppose that company owns that. Yeah, if, yeah. You, if he was working on it, like, on his own time and created it, you know, for you know for him his own self and then had self-published it, I could definitely see... You know, Spider-Man's them having a leg now, to stand on <laughs> for the case. <laughs> uh, Frank Darabont, the creator and executive producer of AMC's The Walking Dead, may not be back as the series oh. showrunner. Uh, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Mazara has taken over for Darabont. AMC wants us to know that it has everything under control. Here's the official statement the network just released on the matter. 
The Walking Dead's Glenn Mazzara, writer and executive producer, is expanding his responsibilities to assume the role of showrunner. AMC is grateful to executive producer, writer, and pilot director Frank Darabont, whose contributions to the success of The Walking Dead are innumerable. We continue to discuss his ongoing role in the series. Robert Kirkman, creator of The Walking Dead graphic novels, executive producer, and writer on the series, will remain in this role and will continue to steward the brand. Uh, Gail Ann Hurd will remain in her role executive producer. The production continues on schedule for an October 16th premiere. Okay. So Darabont's uh, not going to be showrunner, but no idea if at all he'll be involved at this point. So he's, yeah, last news I heard was he was still going to be yeah. in there producing yeah, but, and stuff. But don't know in what reg- but now, full regard. Now maybe not. Mm. So more news as that develops. I only care that they the story justice and if Kirkman signs off on it okay fine if they can keep up the quality of the show uh, it shouldn't even be an issue one of the things I heard was that uh, he uh, a few months ago had been talking about the concerns about budget cuts apparently they've cut the budget for the second season or maybe they haven't expanded the budget for more episodes I don't know what Mm. exactly but there's something about that you could maybe save budget by not wasting time going to the CDC because it's not in the original books that'd be nice you could use those little mutant enemy puppets arg arg that don't take much budget (laughs) no (laughs) puppet zombies get to the first (laughs) book already ugh Back in 2009, George Lucas saw his lawsuit against prompt designer Andrew Ainsworth, who manufactured replica, uh, replica Stormtrooper helmets, squashed by the U.K. High Court, and so he appealed higher. But now the U.K. Supreme Court has delivered its own decision. Andrew Ainsworth, the prompt designer who made the original Stormtrooper helmets for Star Wars, he was paid uh, 20 pounds per helmet and 385 pounds per suit of armor back then, has been manufacturing replicas over, for the past eight years. Lucasfilm didn't like that and has been trying to shut him down ever since. The case revolved around whether the Stormtrooper design could be considered a work of art or merely a functional object. According to the BBC, if Lucasfilm could convince the courts the 3D works were sculptures, they would be protected by copyright for life of the author plus 70 years. If not, the copyright protection would be reduced to 15 years from the date they were marketed, meaning they would have it expired and Mr. Ainsworth would be free to sell them. Now that the High Court has sided with Ainsworth, he is free to continue selling all Stormtrooper helmets and suits he wants. For which now he charges 500,000 pounds respectively. Said Ainsworth, I am proud to report that in the English legal system, David can prevail against Goliath if his cause is right. If there is a force, then it has been with me these past five years. Uh, Ainsworth may be happy, but a bunch of high-powered Hollywood types are not, including Steven Spielberg, Peter Jackson, and James Cameron, who sided with Lucasfilm in the suit. Yeah. Good on him, man. So there it is. Because the, the uh, Stormtrooper outfit I bought was about $600, mm-hmm. and that included like boots and stuff like that. Uh, I had to get it from a guy who knew a guy, mm-hmm. because you can't really sell them. Yeah. You know. So there's always that you know, there's a little shady. Und- underground Stormtrooper market. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Which is drugs, really funny, because armor. he's given his, I mean, he's, he's basically very favorable towards the Fireball One, isn't he? Lucas, I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, he loves them. Yeah, he embraces them, so... Because they do such a good job, and they don't fuck around with yeah. politics and Just everything. don't ask them where they got their suits. Exactly. Yeah. That's kind of... Because yeah. I heard... <laughs> They're this all guy, homemade. Don't ask, cannot, don't tell. Yeah, this guy cannot sell in the States still, because the yeah. state courts 
decided in favor of Lucas. Yes. There's a few guys making the armor around. You know, you just as long as you know a guy. As long as you know... Someone in the 501st knows a guy. Yeah. Knows a guy. There's different variations of the armor, um, but it's, it's not hard to come by. It's the opalescent armor that I really like. The who? You know, like that, like it's an opal. That, you know, has that, that multicolored hue. That sheen. <laughs> <laughs> I feel him. Wow. Boring. It's like boring that dead face went from empty oh. to black hole. It just <laughs> it got nothing. There's like heat radiating away from us. <laughs> It's almost like Barry's reaction to your uh, your story about our trip to Comic Con. <laughs> See, there it is again. <laughs> There's that face. <laughs> As Devium Games is, distrib- is uh, distributing Gears of War, the board game, later this month. What? The board ba- game. Basing its mechanics on classic gear staples like cover hopping and locust lancing. The game comes with 200 cards, 75 tokens, and 30 plastic figures spawning rosters on both sides of the human locust conflict. You can bet this will cost you $75 or more. Who's making it? Uh, this is Esdevium. Never heard of that. Never have I. Hmm. Well, it's got lots of tokens and cards, so it's got to be good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the rule. <laughs> yep. Uh, THQ had a pretty bad first fiscal quarter for 2011, posting a loss of $38.4 million. Wow. The blame for the financial downturn has all but been confirmed to be the result of Red Faction Armageddon's middling scores and worse sales. Uh, THQ Brian Farrell said shortly after the results were posted that there are no plans to continue with the franchise in any meaningful way. Uh, Red Faction sales have never been AAA competitive, and this recent transmedia effort that branched the property into the downloadable and sci-fi movie spaces didn't yield dramatic results. How do they rate a game AAA as opposed to a AA or just an A? Well, when Congress votes in time, then uh, all the people will say... I'm sorry. Shut I got, I got, Are you getting topical? I got topical. Wow. wow. I, I got government topical yeah. and just, that died. <laughs> Man. Really, Paul? No, was I just the only always wondered. I always that. wondered why. Oh, my uh, God. Some games are triple <laughs> A games and some games are just A. B. Is there a rating system? Or is it just something I, like, I, I hey, this is a big time game. This isn't. I think is how much money is behind the not only the, the development. development, but the marketing push. Mark, thank you. Well, with obviously, like, okay, World of Warcraft AAA game, Peggle, not so much. But wait, is there a between there? Is there a, is there a title for that? I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I'd say Patrician Four. Now you played Red Faction Armageddon, right, yeah. Torgo? Middling. Middling? Yeah. Uh, I Red, remember Red, there were a few spots that really kind of were pissing you off. A Red but, Faction uh, Gorilla, a far superior game. If okay. you're going to play any Red Faction game, that's the one to play. It's fun, fun, fun. I kind of like Red Faction Peggle. Red Faction <laughs> Peggle? Yeah. As long as you uh, you uh, arm yourself with that sledgehammer, yeah. Yeah, then you're good. Take down them dots. <laughs> but yeah, the, the problem with this one is this: when you have all this super destructible environment uh, that was all open world, and then you all of a sudden put yourself into a tube shooter that is linear, boy, yeah. expectations high. The outcome is low. middling at yeah. best. And what's terrible is that without Gorilla, it probably would have been a fun game because Gorilla was so fun and the expectations were so high. Mm. And uh, finally, it's an understatement to say that uh, 3DS sales have been sluggish. Uh, the DS actually sold, outsold the 3DS in previous month to almost 3 to 1. 
but it looks like Nintendo has found a way to put some electricity into their sales. Nintendo has come out saying that 3DS will drop from $250 to $169.99 on August 12th. Really? Yep. That's one hell of a drop, considering how adamant Nintendo was about their original price point. Uh, according to the manufacturer, they'll be giving away 20 free downloadable games to customers who adopted the system early. So if you're feeling burned, I hope that puts a little water on you. Do they make their money on the console or the game? Uh, Nintendo games. does both, actually. Okay. Uh, Nintendo is uh, one of the few consoles that actually makes money on the hardware. I figured they'd be like Gillette. It didn't you know, at the beginning, away, though, right? Practically give away consoles. Uh, like the... Gillette gives oh, away razors to 16-year-old kids yeah. so that they get hooked on the yeah. Actually, the I think the Wii did make money from the beginning because a lot yes, of its it core components are mm-hmm. based on the, the GameCube. We so made money uh, on, the, on the hardware across the board. Because uh, it wasn't really anything new or spectacular <laughs> as far as hardware-wise except for the, the Wiimotes. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing. Hardware's getting cheaper to produce these days, right. and we're kind of hitting a wall on how awesome the hardware, uh, the, uh, the games can look. Will, will there ever come a time where consoles will be damn near free? Just so that you can get to buy the games. Well, I I, I don't think the consoles are ever going to be close to free, just because number one, it's a proprietary developed console. You know, they don't use off-the-shelf parts for ninety percent of the stuff that go into those machines. Well, so, no, I should hope not. It's cheaper for so them they to spend, manufacture them themselves. But yeah, but that's the other thing is that you're talking with manufacturing costs. I mean, even PCs that run around about three hundred dollars, those are with because the off-the-shelf components that it's so mass produced that they're cheap. They're not. They're using proprietary memory in a lot of these uh, these game consoles. They're using you know proprietary chips, for the CPUs. So I mean, they they lose money. And there's I mean there's no way they can sell that computer component that we buy to play our games on for as for the three hundred dollars that we pay for them. I mean I think Microsoft is just now having re- reduced the slim starting to make some money off of the console. Well, I'm just saying, like, in the future, in, in, not in the far future, where there's laser guns and I'm, like, I can fly. I'm saying the, uh, the near future, where computer prices drop even further due to how cheaply we can make them. Well, but, but computer prices have probably hit as low as they're going to go. Because every, so? every 18 yeah. months, we're coming out with new components that just replace the older ones. Not only that, but when you have, I mean, OnLive is still around. I mean, we've made jokes about it, but basically it's cloud gaming that works. And it it actually does do what it says it does. Basically, you're playing, it's OnLive is just a small box with a controller. All of the innards are on a server somewhere else. So you're playing... A game through a your television that your television wouldn't be able to. It's an entertainment watch. portal as opposed yeah. to an actual. Well, then clearly, we're going toward cloud computing. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. <laughs> then eventually, those consoles will be damn near free, just so that you can buy the games. I'm down with that. I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to be free. No. I don't <laughs> I, think. I, well, I no, like, no. The service will. They, they, they will. They will be but... what the market can handle. It's like yeah. my cable box. I rent it, mm-hmm. right? But I, I, it's just a rent of a cable box, and it's cheap. Yeah. It's a freaking cable box. Okay. But Why not with the, are you talking about like you pay for the service and you get the the get console the for free? For free, much, but, yeah. but but for as long as you've had that box, you've already bought it probably a few times over. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. 
Some people just buy the box outright. So it's not that cheap. It's actually very expensive. Yeah. Well, I bought my cable modem. I own that. Yeah, we but did too. It's it's not that expensive though. It's a it's a piece of hardware. Nothing to it. Hmm. You can rent me, folks. <laughs> I I uh, will come to your house and sing. Really? Yes. How much? How much you got? How much? <laughs> How much you got? How much? Says How much the guy got? that complains How about much? irrational client uh, requests all the time. Oh, yeah. If the money's right. <laughs> uh, what, can the, what can the market handle? Uh, the market can handle a, a few hundred dollars. A few hundred dollars? Yeah. I will sing to you for a few hundred dollars. I need a demo. You want no? I need I need a demonstration Sorry. of what I'm buying. All right, it's, it's not I'm like ready? Buy, I'm not it's buying. It's not like crack. You don't get the no, first one for I, free. I am not spending <laughs> hundreds of dollars on an unknown product. But that's why I didn't buy on live to begin with. So there's an alternate product. I will also come up with ideas for you. Sing, <laughs> sing, mammy, go. I'm not interested. Mammy, oh mammy. <laughs> that's just, I don't know. I got nothing. You got um, nothing. I will, I will sit there next to you and come up with awesome S- ideas. Sing me something from the Pixies. I know you know this. <laughs> come on. Well, just hang on. Come on. I'll show you I, how, I'm, how I'm awesome... Waiting. Uh... I'm, I'm waiting because I'm not spending hundreds <laughs> without some Pixie action. What are you... What? Come Wait, on. Are we still talking about singing? You, uh, yes, we are. <laughs> okay. We're not talking right. about getting the duct tape out. <laughs> All right. I just... Right. Damn it. I, I can't know. pull up fast enough. No, you Someone can't. call me. Ooh, ooh! Somebody call really? me! No. Somebody call you? You fail at this joke. Oh man! Am I am I really gonna have to do this? Yes. No. I'll just say it's me singing. How about you really out there? Frank what you Black. got? <laughs> Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com. and of course watch the Ugly Couch Show itself. We'll tell you what to watch, what to read, what to play. Only the good stuff. And like us on Facebook. Remember, when we hit a thousand likes, we're gonna give out the good stuff. Three great prizes out there. Pretty soon, I should reveal one of them. Just a. Just uh, with the whistle. Come oh. on, come on. I think oh, you should I'll give that one, one to me. Yeah, I, 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 all everybody's been drooling over this <laughs> this one. So uh, it didn't work, Barry. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, it went straight to voicemail. So for two hundred dollars, like, is your MP3 player? Yeah, pretty much. You're a jerk. <laughs> so long, folks. Wavy line bird. Wavy line bird. I'm Master Torgo. I'm Doctor Clark. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Dick Asfart. Paul. And well, Jess Michael. We'll talk to you next week, geek. Wavy line bird. Really? I can't Every believe player you. To I can't up. believe you got. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great thing to say. Yet. Crazy yeah, eye. Have it. Wavy it's coming. Bird. It's coming. It's coming. It's all on the internet. It's coming. Joyful. Oh, you didn't see the wavy line yeah. bird. I, but I didn't see the. Just watch upcoming episodes of the other couch. Yeah. <laughs>